and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Daniel Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back, Dan. In terms of the topic for this week, each year, Trans Awareness Week runs between November 13th and 19th, broadly to help raise visibility of transgender and gender non-conforming people, and also the structural challenges that they still face. Recent figures from the LGBT plus rights charity Stonewall said that they estimate around 1% of the population may identify as trans, including those who identify as non-binary. And according to the charity, this would mean that circa 600,000 trans and non-binary people are in Britain out of a population of over 60 million. But why is it so important to ensure that trans staff feel included at work, Dan? So ensuring that all employees in your workforce, including trans staff, feel included and welcome is definitely something that has always been on top of the HR agenda, but increasingly so as some of the chaos of the early year has been circumnavigated and HR feels that it's got its proper agenda back on the table. So inclusion, trans inclusion are going to be really, really important. Also, there's going to be a lot of noise around it this week, rightly so, because it is Trans Awareness Week. So there are going to be many employees probably turning to their employer and asking, what exactly are you doing to make this type of employee feel included? So first point of call is obviously for HR to understand some of the challenges that their trans employees, workers, staff might be going through. Number one, it's probably good to note that trans people still face huge challenges at both work and day-to-day life. Firstly, and probably most importantly, the process to officially change gender is still long and fairly expensive. Part of this government's plans on their agenda this year, and this almost notes this, is to move part of the process online, open new gender clinics and to cut long waiting lists, showcasing that some of the challenges that your trans staff will be going through. On top of that, it's still a hotly debated topic, which can come with extra emotional anxiety for trans staff. There's a lot of debate currently around the Gender Recognition Act, which impacts all trans people, especially those waiting to officially change gender. And although there are specific trans protections in in law, so the 2010 Equality Act protects trans people from discrimination in the workplace, despite that, transgender people are still the victim of wide-scale hate crimes. Last year, hate crimes against trans people increased by over 80%. In addition, two in five trans people have had a hate crime committed against them, and two in five younger trans people have sadly attempted suicide. In fact, there are reports that the online debate in general UK environment for, for trans people is so bad that New Zealand actually offered asylum to one trans person for their own safety. So workforces and HR should be aware of this. There's also an economic impact that it doesn't get talked about a lot that trans people face as well, which is many have decreased job security and a quarter of them have experienced homelessness. So that that actually is a nice bridge to talk about trans people in the workplace. And that is still a challenge. One in eight trans people have been attacked by customers or colleagues at work. I'm just going to go through some stats here to properly highlight this. We search from Crossland Employment Solicitors. 
found strong prejudice amongst UK employers towards trans workers. And this is difficulty in getting a job. Uh, they found that one in three employers admitted they are less likely to hire a transgender person. Why is it important to employers then? Well, apart from the moral arguments about wanting to include everybody in your workforce and it being the right thing to do, inclusive workplaces are likely more purposeful. And this dovetails with the increasing number of employees who want a purposeful and ethical employer. That as well, if you're able to deliver on that, has follow on implications for your employer brand which then has follow-on implication for retention and attraction, engagement rate and productivity rate, of which there is a lot of HR theory around at the moment that basically backs that argument up. Obviously, as well, on the DNI side of that, engaged, happy, safe and secure workplaces, which are key elements of CIPDs, elements of good work, have a follow-on impact for the business. The, the example here would be if your trans employees do feel engaged, happy, safe and secure, they're likely to be more productive. Countless studies show that highly inclusive firms do, in fact, generate more cash flow. Employees are more engaged and they're able to meet their financial targets. So that's the state of being, for one, trans people in the UK, trans people at work, and kind of why inclusion is good anyway in terms of the business. But from what I've just described, it's clearly still a difficult picture for trans individuals in the workplace. So what can HR do to raise the awareness of the plight of trans people at work? So, Well, as you say, with it being Trans Awareness Week, helping to raise visibility of those in the community is really key. And it's definitely important that HR and employers really think about how they can help to raise this awareness and also encourage open conversations. And before the podcast, I caught up with Kate Williams who is an Associate Director of Workplace at the LGBT plus rights charity Stonewall, who explained to me that trans staff can face distinct challenges in the workplace. Just thinking back to some of the previous stats that Dan shared earlier on in the podcast. And therefore, you know, taking steps to make them feel comfortable to be themselves in the workplace is absolutely key. Kate was saying that while the pandemic has impacted everyone's working situations in different ways, she said that it doesn't mean that there aren't a wealth of trans-specific measures that employees and HR can introduce to improve inclusion in the workplace. And one of the suggestions applies to remote working, of course, which many of us are doing at the moment in light of the pandemic. And Kate said that employers could encourage a culture of adding pronouns to names in digital meetings and email signatures. And she said that this could help everyone get used to talking about pronouns and having that open dialogue, which could also help trans people to feel more comfortable to do the same. In fact, a recent column in Mind, which is the mental health charity's website by a trans individual, said that uh, pronouns in emails do make trans people feel more comfortable. He also wrote that pronouns normalise the practice, like getting to know someone's name, that they can also show support for other colleagues and help everyone feel more comfortable and fight against assumptions. In fact, if someone starts using a new pronoun, it can quietly show this without the, the social awkwardness of having to make a big announcement of this. In addition to putting pronouns in digital meetings and email signatures, Kate also shared that listening to the needs and challenges faced by the trans community is key. So she said that listening, learning and championing to trans staff can help to drive change. And Kate also added that 
people work best when they can be themselves. So taking some time during Trans Awareness Week to show support for trans equality and take the lead in embedding trans inclusion in your business year round is key. She said this is also a vital step towards improving the life for trans people. And as Kate has said, and as research has shown, employees do perform best when they are allowed to fully be themselves at work. So, so far in this podcast, we have spoken to Stonewall to find out how employers and HR functions can raise better awareness of the trans community. But just to take that one step further, we wanted to find out from employers and also share tips about what employers can do to virtually include trans staff. Of course, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, with a lot of people working from home, I think there's a big conversation there about what employers can do to virtually include transgender employees uh, throughout this period. Dan, do you want to share some of the tips that you've got? So I guess that the pandemic has created another level of complexity for HR to navigate when it comes to inclusion. But some of the stuff doesn't actually change from the office. So earlier I looked on Stonewall's website and they said um, in many ways it's about calling out an anti-trans abuse. One of the first ports of call is calling out anti-trans sentiment when you see it in the workplace, as long as it's safe to do so. You could do that online as well or in virtual meetings, ensuring that everybody feels included and safe. You can also support those being uh, targeted if they are and let them know you're an ally and let them know you're a point of contact to be spoken to if there is a difficult situation to arise. So I guess putting your head above the parapet and saying we're there to support you. Alex MK, who is HR lead at Pink News, added that, as Sophie's just explained, that email pronouns, as previously discussed, can help potential new members, people who are being onboarded virtually and haven't met anybody in person in that organisation. They can help them understand it's an inclusive workplace if you introduce your pronouns and say the start of a meeting when meeting them for the first time, having them in your email, having them in your Slack name, et cetera, et cetera. He also said that EAP is really important offering this time, something for employees to be able to reach out to. We know that instances of bad mental health on the rise this year, likely to correlate and tally with the trans community as well. He also added that any diversity training employer did in the office can be pivoted to a remote or digital offering as well. One of the important points as well is getting constant feedback. So on your training from the whole workforce, is it working? Is it correct? Is it going to help? Additionally, I spoke to Reese Wyborn, an employment law specialist at law firm Shakespeare Martinu, and he said that just you know, despite virtual, companies can assert their priorities by introducing an inequalities policy or pledge setting out how the business plans to deal with diversity issues. You can also, of course, in virtual settings, still promote a culture of acceptance, respect. You can still deliver training, as Alex said. And you still lay out what constitutes harassment and how to handle it if, it if it occurs. Increasingly, this is going to have to be delivered to team people, managers who are literally on the cold face of this. The flip side, I guess, if this doesn't gone through, is what all firms will always be scared of regards any instance of bad inclusion or not, not delivering on that, is that it can be taken to an employment tribunal because there is that Equality Act provision to protect employees from discrimination. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Dan. Obviously, as we have discussed throughout the duration of the podcast, there are lots of different ways of doing this. And definitely Trans Awareness Week is a good time to raise awareness and visibility, but also to gain feedback from trans staff members with a view to improve things at the organisation going forward. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, 
or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.